Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 11. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. We've got a massive show coming your way this week. We're going to talk all about the hottest topic in rugby league at the moment, and that is the crackdown on fair play that we saw during Magic Round. Magic Round was supposed to be a showcase of the best and brightest in the world of rugby league. Instead, what we saw was a crackdown on fair play, and we're going to get into that shortly. We've also got a massive Round 11 coming your way, which is going to feature... Great double header on Sunday afternoon. It all kicks off at 2 o'clock when the South Sydney Rabbitohs go up and play the undefeated Penrith Panthers who find themselves 10 wins and 0 losses and easily on top of the NRL ladder at the moment. The second game of the round, can Tommy Turbo strike magic for Manly yet again and lead his resurgent side to a victory over a Parramatta outfit that's been fantastic this year? The Parramatta Eels, 9-1 to start their season. So it's a blockbuster Sunday afternoon action coming your way. We're going to get into all the footy tips for the week shortly. Um, but yeah, let's first get into the crackdown that we saw at Suncorp Stadium during Magic Round. So round 10, Magic Round, should have been a celebration of the best of rugby league. And instead, we got something completely different. It looked like it was going to be a great weekend. I'm sure it still was for a lot of people that were up there at Suncorp last weekend. But over 40,000 people went into Suncorp Stadium on Friday night to kick off Magic Round. And they hoped to see some great action, some close and exciting contests. What we got was an overreaction to try to crack down on fair play with an emphasis on player safety. Fans flew into Brisbane for a three-day round and spectacle and instead were visually confused and outraged by the widespread rule changes in terms of how to deal with fair play. The rugby league world is buzzing about this topic at the moment and there were several situations where on the weekend we saw 13 versus 12 men in action, 13 versus 11 men in action, and um, there was only one game throughout the weekend with no sin bins or send-off, and that was the Eels versus Warriors on Sunday afternoon. We saw three send-offs, I believe, Herman Essie, Josh Papali, and uh, Tyrell Fuamanu, and uh, a bunch more sin uh, bins and a bunch more players put on a report. And this all came on the back of the rugby league world declaring that there's going to be a crackdown. And they said it two weeks ago um, to NRL teams, there's going to be a crackdown on fair play. Uh, but nobody was really prepared for what did happen last weekend. And what we saw was an overreaction, in my opinion, on some decisions in the past month or two that have not been treated harshly enough on the field. Dylan Brown and uh, Nakora in the Eels-Roosters game from round nine. Both Dylan Brown by sliding his knees into a, a tackle and Nakora for late shot on Tedesco were not put in the sin bin, were not highly penalized during the game. And uh, a month before that, we saw Ryan Madison get horribly concussed by a, a straight elbow um, that might have been intentional, might not have been intentional from Felice Cafusi, but again, wasn't punished on the field. And I think the Rugby League uh, Association and the NRL have really put an emphasis on player safety because of that, but have overreacted in the way they've implemented it. As I said, Magic Round was supposed to be this giant spectacle in the world of Rugby League. It was supposed to showcase our game to uh, fans that might not usually watch the product. And instead, we got one-sided matches as a result of all these penalties and all these sin bins and send-offs. And for example, if you were a St. George or a Dragons fan and flew up to Suncourt from either Cogger or Wynn Stadium to watch your team, um, 
you know, play for the for the weekend and, and see the rest of the games, but really see your team have a good performance against the dominant Melbourne Storm side. What you saw was in the first 10 minutes, the Dragons really show up and uh, look like they're going to be a, a threat to an understrength Storm side. But then when Funamani got sinbinned for, uh, sorry, sent off for what I think was, it was a late shot on Tedesco, but uh, not uh, on Pappyhausen, sorry, but not one that would have been penalised in a normal situation. Uh, when Pappyhausen didn't return, I think we saw an overreaction where the, the ref sent off Funamani because of it. And instead of seeing this great contest that you travelled all the way from New South Wales up to Queensland to watch, you saw a completely one-sided affair. And in my opinion, it ruined the spectacle for a lot of fans. And we saw fans leaving early, especially in the Gold Coast Penrith game that was after the Dragons game. Herman Essiesi, same thing. We knew the result of these matches 10 minutes in, not because of what we're seeing on the field in terms of, you know, player skill, but because of, uh, you know, send-offs and, and uh, indiscretions that the players did that, in my opinion, a lot of them were over, over you know, reactions from the NR, from the refs and, and they sent them off. But the referees, of course, were just doing what they were told. So it's one of those really murky situations where concussion has gotten a lot of exposure over the last 10 years. Um, the NFL and has treated it very seriously since all the information has come out on on the topic and the rugby league world as well has had to kind of change course a little bit in you know the physicality of their game because it is one of the toughest sports in the world and they've got to get it right we do have to eliminate fair play i'm in complete agreement with all that but to really crack down on it um in a round that was supposed to be showcasing rugby league to the rest of the world in my opinion is a is a crucial error and i'm not sure why if it was such a you know, important issue to the NRL and Peter Valandis in particular, why they didn't start it in round one this year. I mean, he says it's it's now, we need to focus on now, not not in the future. Peter Valandis, he has come out and completely defended his action and says, we're not going to, you know, take a softer approach on this. This is the new rules of the game. Players have to, you know, respond to it and change the way they tackle because we want rugby league to be, uh, you know, for everyone and have a widespread audience. Um, so they're not going to stop on it. But if it was so important, why not start at round one? Why not start at this weekend or last weekend? But why magic round? It just didn't make sense to me. Um, and I feel like, as I said, because of some of those early discretions earlier in the season, that they're just completely responding and um, and really overreacting. And we're going to see a lower quality of rugby league from it. When Peter Volandis sped up the game and, and made the six agains at the start of 2020 uh, a rule and, you know really stop the stoppages in a game of football. A lot of the rugby league world really responded with, you know, uh, fans responded with so much positivity. Some of us old heads like myself were a bit critical of it. Um, and I still am a little bit critical of it. But when you increase the speed of the game so much, you're naturally going to get more fatigue in the players. What that does is players are going to stick out a random arm. It's just going to happen because they're desperate to stop opposition making meters and scoring tries. That They're going to be trying to t- tackle them at any cost, and sometimes they're going to get it wrong just because of how fast the game is and how tired they are. So there's got to be a balance. You can't just increase the speed of the game and expect fair play to disappear from the game overnight. It's just not going to happen. And to expect it all to go out in one week, the NRL made a, a terrible mistake in my opinion. Peter Valandis needs to accept that he's made a mistake in terms of how to implement this. Sure, I agree with 100% what he's saying. The NRL, it should 
try to be attracting a mass audience. It should be trying to protect the players at any and all costs, but there's got to be a better way to go about it. The NRL did not, you know, approach the situation fairly enough. And then you've got, when you look at the games themselves, you see the indiscretions on field. Some of them are just getting put in penalties, not on report. Some of them are getting put in a report. Some are in the bin. Some are sent off. There is no consistency in these rulings, and the, the rugby league world, and the NRL in particular, has to do something about them as soon as possible and really get a clear indication of what constitutes a sin bin, what constitutes a send-off, because there's no consistency at the mo- uh, at, at all at the moment, and it's very disappointing. Trent Robertson was in a, on NRL 360 a couple of nights ago and suggested an idea of if it's a grade one, they're on a report. If it's a grade two tackle, they're gone to the bin. If it's a grade three tackle, they're sent off completely. But referees are going to have different interpretations of what's a grade one and what's a grade two and what's a grade three. So you're never going to get it completely right unless there's, you know, fine print rules and, you know, you need to put these things into place. So referees, so players, so coaches, so fans all are on the same page about what constitutes each one of these, you know, decisions that the referees are making on the field. And at the moment, the NRL hasn't got the balance right. They've got to fix it because otherwise we're going to get low-quality games where you're going to know the result 10 minutes into a match because someone's either fatigued and, and you know, thrown an arm out or someone's had a complete brain explosion like, like SES he didn't is now facing the consequences. And I've got no problem with players facing the consequences if they did something wrong and had balance in it. Um, they deserve everything they get, but... Players are not going out there to hurt other players at the end of the day, and the NRL need to know that. Concussion, unfortunately, is going to feature in some form of the game for the rest of the game's existence because it is a physical support, uh, game, and uh, it's never going to be 100% perfect. So the NRL needs to understand that, and they need to respond, and they need to react, which Peter Villandes isn't reacting. He's just staying firm. It needs to be a democracy. NRL cannot have one person making all the rules and deciding when they get implemented and thinking it's going to fix everything overnight. It's not going to work, all right? You need a, a group of people talking about it, talking about this issue, and making the right cause moving forward. Instead, now we've got to look and watch the rugby league world and and the, the game that we love for the rest of the season and see how it gets tampered with and see if it's going to be an entertaining brand of football for the rest of the week. Because in my opinion, we didn't see a good game of football in Magic Round, and that's a real shame when you're trying to promote the game and, uh, and grow it towards the future. To see the game kind of stay in its shell is extremely disappointing. So that is my thoughts on the fair play crackdown. As I said, concussion is very important. We don't want to make a joke of it at all, but the NRL needs to be better in how they respond to situations like this and how they implement changes to a game if they want a product that's going to be viable um, in growing more fans. So that's my opinion. We're going to get into the footy tips now, and we're going to, the action all kicks off on Thursday night. But before we do so, please remember to like Steve's and our old footy tips on Facebook. Please like, share, subscribe, wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each week, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or Google Podcast. Steve's and our old footy tips is available on all of them, so please share your support. Let's make 2021 an even bigger year for the rest of the season. Thank you guys again for listening to this segment. Let's get on to the footy tips for this weekend. And the round 11 action all kicks off from Queensland Country Bank Stadium on Thursday night at 7.50pm when the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Newcastle Knights. And both of these teams having very mixed 2021. They're both struggling and both teams need a win. It's more important, in my opinion, for Newcastle to really 
put a good performance forward this week after the extremely disappointing result last week. Both of these teams find themselves with four wins and six losses after 10 rounds. Both still very much in contention for finals football, but in my opinion, the Cowboys playing much better brand of football at the moment. They lost 30-16 to to the Roosters last weekend, but um, it was a pretty good performance. I mean, they made a couple of poor last tackle options, and... Uh, defensive reads throughout the game because you had the likes of James Tedesco um, back at his best and Sam Walker was damaging as always so um, it wasn't too disappointing a performance to the Cowboys but if they're going to be a threat and if they're going to make the finals those are games where they really have to make a statement and in front of their home crowd at Queensland Country Bank Stadium this Thursday night you'd expect a, a big performance in front of their home crowd. So um, they're versing, as I said, an understrength Newcastle Knights side. You look at the team list at the moment, and Tex Hoy still at fullback for the Knights. Kalen Ponga is still out of action with that injury. Blake Green's been named in the 21 jersey, but the half combination remains the same. Kurt Mann and Phoenix Crossland both there, and Edric Lee still uh, hasn't played a game, I believe, in 2021. So there's still a lot of troops to come back. Guys like Mitchell Pearce still has to come back into the fold as well. They do have a lot of injuries at the moment, but uh, what Adam O'Brien saw last week, last Friday night, in that game against the Tigers was a lack of effort and a lack of commitment in defense, and Newcastle will have to be a lot better this week. Um, I think they will be. I mean, Jaden Braley's been leading by example out there. His work rate has been phenomenal. So is Tyson Frizzell, but they really need to, to tighten up the screws in the fence to be better and um, just be there for each other. They need to work more as a team because at the moment they seem like they've got some really talented individuals, guys like Connor Watson, but it's just not all coming together for the Knights. And the Cowboys, well, they were 0-4 to start their season. Their next six games, they're four from six. And why they lost that game to the Roosters last week, they're going to take a lot of confidence out of it. They haven't really made too many changes this week, David Bowen still finds himself in the center position, but uh, the combination between Valentine Holmes and Scott Drinkwater getting better each and every week. Jake Clifford has played really good since he's come back from injury and come back into the side. Um, so I'm liking what I'm seeing here out of this Cowboys side at the moment, and um, I'm expecting them to really put a good foot forward um, at home in front of their uh, crowd up there at Queensland Bank Stadium, and I've got the Cowboys winning this game by about six points. So, I mean, the Cowboys, despite the fact that I said, and I haven't rated them all year, and I thought that their roster, um, you know, smelt of uh, smelt rotten and, and looked like it could be a wooden spoon side. They've really surprised me over the last month, and credit where it's due. I think this is the first time I'm going to be tipping the Cowboys all year, but I've got the Cowboys by six points to start round 11. And Friday Night Football kicks off at 6pm from Central Coast Stadium when the New Zealand Warriors host the West Tigers. The Warriors... Well, they came back late against the Parramatta Eels on Sunday afternoon, but they were pretty much completely at class in that first half. Um, they didn't respect the football enough, and their defense cracked under the all-star attack of that Parramatta has at the moment. Um, so it was a little disappointing to see. I expected a bit of a better effort by them. Um, this week, they've got a kind of similar lineup. Of course, one of their big uh, outs is Josh Curran, who has suffered... Perhaps a broken arm. They think he could only be two or four weeks away, so it mustn't be too bad. Um, but he's out this week for them. Um, they've also, you know, they welcomed the return of Ewan Aiken last week, which helped them in the centers. Sheridan, another HIA, I believe, and Rocco Berry's injured as well. So they've got a few changes there, the Warriors, but overall their spine remains intact. 
They're still using Reese Walsh off the bench um, in that utility role in the 17s jersey, and he usually comes on, goes to fullback, and RTS is now finding himself getting shifted out to the wing in his last season in the NRL. If they're going to be successful for the rest of the season and really make a dent in this top eight race, then they need their best players on the field at all times. So somehow, whether it's RTS starting um, on the wing, they need to find, or, or even Reese Walsh starting in the wing or in the centers, they need to find a way to have him, Chanel Tavita, Har- uh, Harris Tavita, Cody Nicarima, um, they all need to find a way to be on the field at the same time. Because Nicarima's been really good this year, but again, when they're when the pressure's on the Warriors, they just seem to be folding... Um, especially in defense, uh, very, very easily, for it, especially up the middle there as well. So they're versing a Tigers side that Michael Maguire's managed to get something out of them the past few weeks. Two weeks ago, they started terrible against the Titans, end up losing that game, but they finished the game strong. Last week, they completely out-infused the Newcastle side that they're playing. Adam Dewey was absolutely outstanding, despite being shifted to the centers last week. Embiid did a really good job at 5'8", so they've kept the same 17 this weekend. And uh, again, they're $2.50 on sports betting on the tab and all the other major betting markets at the moment. But I think they're a real, real chance in this game. Um, they played with some confidence I haven't seen a Tigers team play with for a long time. And this game is such an important match for both teams' seasons as they race to try to be contenders for this top eight. Um, the loser's really going to be in a spot where it makes it very hard for them to compete um, for a final spot. So it's going to be a big game. Um, the Warriors, their forward pack, you know, it's a big forward pack, and they could try to bully the Tigers early in this match. But I think the way the Tigers are traveling at the moment, I think they might just be a little bit too strong for them. Um, Again, it was a it is a very impressive performance for the Tigers and for Michael McGuire in particular. Uh, he's just got to get his club doing this consistently week out, a week in and week out, because they've got so much talent in their side. You just see a lot of the times in the Tigers' history, they just haven't been able to do it consistently. Um, but if Laurie and Dewey can get some quality ball um, out there from the likes of Embo and Brooks, I expect them to be able to score a lot of points. And then you really just have to hope that Tamo and Twole and these experienced forwards they've got there at the Tigers can get the job done um, up the middle or against this Warriors big pack because while the Warriors have a big pack, I've been saying it all year, um, they get fatigued quickly and if the Tigers can take advantage of that, they can score some quick points, especially in the back 20 of each half. So I've got the Tigers by 10 points in a big upset um, in the first game of Friday Night Football. The main event of Friday Night Football takes place from the Straba Jubilee Stadium at Cogra. Even though it's the Dragons' home ground, it is the Sharks' home game because of the construction um, of the Cronulla Stadium there at Mondas and uh, what they're doing over there. But the Dragons heavily depleted this week. Uh, five players out from last week's squad, uh, Mac Dufty being the... Um, the only with injury. Cody Ramsey shifts back to fullback this week. Four players suspended, in particular Josh McGuire from two separate incidents. I believe he's out for five weeks, and Funamanu's out for a similar frame now. So the Dragons, they're depleted. Um, they've got Jack Bird and Billy Burns in the centres, Guy and Pereira are the wings. Um, some big changes in the forward, the likes of Josh Kerr, Jackson Ford, uh, Thomas Suzuli, and... Uh, Jaden Hunt making his debut on the on the bench for them. He's got a lot of raps about him, Hunt, from the lower grades. He's going to come in, but um, they're down on troops. They're versing a Cronulla side that were highly competitive against the Rabbitohs in that second half. Almost came storming home and beat them. The Rabbitohs had a comfortable 20-6 lead, but the Sharks came back. They're still without Sean Johnson themselves, but 
they're almost full strength. So um, while Josh Henney hasn't been able to get a win with them without their you know, original first-grade coach this year, John Morris, and that whole controversy, you won't get a better chance to get a win on the board because the Dragons are absolutely depleted at the moment. And uh, to be honest, I liked what I saw from Cronulla last week in that game against South Sydney. They looked like they wanted to be there, which I don't think they've looked that hungry in a game for quite a period of time since John Morris was their coach. So it just shows the mistakes that the Cronulla board have made there uh, this year. And I, even with their roster, considering they lost out on Adam Reynolds um, last week, Craig Fitzgibbon's got a hell of a job ahead of him. But in saying that, their, their side looks good this week against a, a weakened Dragons side. My only concern with that is that the Dragons... Uh, can implement what they were doing early in the season. Andrew uh, Andrew McCulloch and Corey Norman in particular uh, in Anthony Griffin's game plan. Griffin's defensive game plan worked a treat early in the year. And they're the only side to still beat the Parramatta Eels. I think if he can fire these guys up, you can really he can really inspire them and take an example of what he saw the Melbourne Storm do to the Dragons, despite the fact that it was 13 on 12 um, and the Dragons looked really good early in that game before the send-off really ruined that match. Um, the Storm really showed up, um, especially in attack, with a lack of stars. And I think the Dragons can take some real motivation from that. Guys like Nico Hines playing out of their skin there for Melbourne. They saw it up close and personal last week. And if they can start the game off well, get into a bit of a grind with Cronulla, who, let's be honest, Cronulla like a grind. I expect this could be a low-scoring matchup. And I think the Dragons could just get the upset over Cronulla Despite the fact that when you look at these sides on paper, Cronulla have a much stronger lineup and much closer to full strength at the moment. So I've got the Dragons in a big upset by four points, but this is really a game that is hard to split because you don't know what Cronulla side we're going to get, and the Dragons, they just have to hope that uh, their players that they've got in their top 30 can get the job done because they are nowhere near full strength at this current point in time. By the way, I forgot to mention, as I do every week, that uh, 6 out of 8 was my result last week in these footy tips. I hope you guys didn't back my Broncos prediction because it did not go well against the red-hot Manly Seagulls. I fought in front of their home credit Suncourt. They could have had a better performance. Wasn't a B. We'll talk about the Broncos shortly, but Super Saturday, my favorite time of the week, kicks off at 3 p.m. from Seabus Super Stadium where the Gold Coast Titans take on the Canterbury Bulldogs, both of these teams, desperate for a win. The Titans blown off the park against Penrith last week. They wasn't. They weren't helped, of course, by the send-off of Herman Essie Essie. Um, they need to be a lot better. They're still without David Fafita, of course, that uh, has been suspended for two weeks. He's still at one week to serve there. Essie and Tyrone Peachy both suspended also. They do welcome back Ash Taylor this week, who should slot straight back in the team with Tana Boyd. Uh, as long as he passes all the protocols throughout the week there. They're versing a Bulldog side that should have had their second win of the year last week. It would have been heartbreaking for all the Bulldogs fans out there when they were in control. I believe it was 18-10 to 10 in that game against the Raiders. The, the Papali had been sent off, and they really should have had the game management to close that game out. Um, but it wasn't to be the Raiders came storming home and ended up winning that game 20-18. to 18. And all respect to Canberra with that that tough mentality they had to get home last week, but that's a game that the Bulldogs should have won. Um, Trent Barrett would have been filthy with that. Um, considering that he dropped Kyle Flanagan to reserve grade after that big deal that happened last week where he got interviewed and he was clearly upset, um, the makeshift half combination of uh, Brendan Wakeham and Jake Averillo really did a good job last week, but 
it just shows you the lack of experience um, that this team has when the game was there for the taking and they just couldn't close it out. Um, it's disappointing. And really, I mean, I think their forward pack did better than they usually did last week. Luke Thompson really has been leading by example recently. But uh, you just know that the Bulldogs, unfortunately, this season, they seem to be headed for a wooden spoon. Um, unless they can get a couple more wins on the board like they should have last week, um, they just seem like they're a side that's not going to be winning many more games for the rest of the season. And they've just got a lack of class that other teams possess. And even though the Titans aren't going red hot themselves and um, aren't, you know, they beat the Tigers a couple of weeks ago, despite that, the last month has been shocking for them. They still, when you look at the teams on paper, have so much more strike power than this Bulldog side has. If they can get some quality board at Brimson, he can really be the X factor in this match. And um, their forward pack, the likes of, even though, you know, Dave Fafita and Herman Essie and, and uh, Tyrone Peachy are all out of action this week uh, with suspension, you've still got guys like Bo Firma playing out of his skin, Big Tino and Big Mo uh, Fodawaka starting this, this game as well for the first time this year. I think they're going to really pressure the Bulldogs' uh, middle third and I think they can get on top of them early and uh, they could put on quite a score here, unfortunately, for the Bulldogs, the Titans. As I said, the Bulldogs didn't play last bad last week, but you just know even if they can get in the grind of this game, they just won't be able to finish it off. So I've got the Titans by 20 in this contest. All right, the second game of Super Saturday takes place at 5.30pm from the Sydney Cricket Ground where the Broncos travel down to face the Sydney Roosters and the Roosters last week. Despite all their injuries, despite everything that they've had to overcome this season, still keep turning up. James Tedesco, great to see him back in the form last week. Sam Walker and Lachlan Land looked like a combo that have been playing football together in the Haas for a long period of time, even though it's their first game starting together. Um, and they're just... You know, Angus Crichton, two tries, one of the form back rolls in the competition at the moment. They're flying at the moment, the Roosters, despite all their injuries. It's amazing to see, and they're versing a team that, um, you know, they don't really have too many injury concerns themselves, but they are in a complete different world at the moment. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, they're down on confidence. Um, these two teams couldn't be in more opposite moods um, and feelings around the camps. Um, than these two sides right now. The Broncos, Anthony Milford finds himself in reserve grade yet again. Albert Kelly comes into the side. Um, there's been a bunch of changes. David Mead finds himself back in the side. Corey Oates is out. Ricky's been suspended as well. Um, the likes of uh, Keenan Pacella and uh, the young kid in Kobe Harrington, two young forwards, will make their debut this week as well. And you look at these lineups and you just think to yourself, how can the Broncos stay with the Roosters for 80 minutes? They were horribly exposed last week against Manly, despite the fact that they had two sin bins. Manly were over the top of them throughout the entire 80 minutes. and uh, The, the scoreline flattered Manly a bit in the end, but the Broncos were very disappointing last week. They're finding themselves against the red-hot Roosters side, and if they're not careful, especially considering the Roosters' record at the Sydney Cricket Ground, this could get ugly extremely quickly. Um... Kevin Walters, uh, Kevin Walters has got an impossible job uh, set out for him for the rest of the season. He's got to find a way to get the Broncos firing. Tyson Gamble looked like he could have been the answer um, for a long period of uh, f- for the last few weeks. He could be the answer for their long-term problems with the arrival of Adam Reynolds as well next season. But he didn't even get a chance last week. The Manly Seagulls forward pack dominated the Broncos and really only Payne Huss stood up like he always does. So the forward pack needs to be better against the Roosters this week if there are any chance. But I just see the Roosters uh, 
dominating them, especially on their damaging left side out there. And um, really, this is going to be this could be an absolute shamozzle. Um, and the Broncos could win this. Uh, the Roosters could win fun pretty convincingly. I've got the Broncos by forty points. If the Broncos get anywhere near them, it'll be achievement for me. Because considering how low in confidence they are, it'll be interesting to see how Albert Kelly goes in his first game in the NRL in years. Um, but I don't think him at thirty-one years old is going to be able to, you know, change the tide um, of the Broncos' fortunes for the rest of the season. So um, the Roosters by forty. And looking at this Super Saturday, it's a shame that we're going to have such one-sided affairs by the look of it, and it looks like it's going to continue in this third and final game of the round from 7.35pm down there at GIO Stadium in Canberra. The Canberra Raiders host the Melbourne Storm. Both of these teams uh, with a lot of injury problems at the moment, but the Raiders in particular heavily depleted after last week's uh, crackdown on fair play. Jack Wyden being suspended for a week, Josh Hodgson being suspended for a week, and Joshua Piley after his send-off. Gets three weeks and is going to miss the first game of State of Origin for Queensland. The Raiders, they're down on form at the moment. They barely managed to come back and defeat the Canterbury Bulldogs, who were in complete control of that game. They did rally, which was good for them, and, um, but they kind of have to go to a whole nother level this week against the Melbourne Storm, considering they're still down on confidence. And the Storm are the complete opposite. They've got troops out still, but they are on you know cloud nine at the moment with how they've been playing. Um, it's going to be a tough ask for them. They've got Sam Williams, who's a handy um, second-string halfback, um, playing 5-8 this week with George Williams. Some of their young forwards really going to have to step up because they've got guys uh, on the bench, you know, like Brad Schneider, who's making his debut. Ryan Sutton's a good inclusion this week as well, but their forward pack that's been so up and down and, you know, been chopped and changed so much this season needs to be really good if there any chance against a Storm team that, you know, they lost Ryan Paverhouse and very early in the game, of course, the Dragons got a player sent off from the conclusion of that, so they had the advantage there, but the likes of Nico Hines and Jerome Hughes playing out of their skin at the moment. Tyson Smoothie did a really good job in the hooker position in his first real long stint in first grade. Um, they welcomed back Brandon Smith this week, so they've got an actual, you know, Starting hooker back this week, still considering Munster and Harry Grant are out, but the Storm are just flying at the moment. Chris Lewis has been named at 5'8", but honestly, you can put anyone there at the moment. The The way the Storm are travelling, they've just got such a professional football outfit. Um, when you know that Fanukin might get squeezed out due to salary cap, uh, cap pressure, considering how much of a gun player he is, you know they're travelling quite well. Christian Walsh has really led the forward pack this year with Felice Kafusi and... Uh, the outside backs are just getting so much quality ball from the likes of Hughes and Hines. Guys like Adokar, Olam, and George Jennings just having a field day out there, um, scoring out well at the moment. Josh Adokar, nine tries in the last two games. It's it's outstanding stuff, and uh, the stats are in, and after the first 10 weeks of the competition in any year in the NRO era, the Storm have the best attack ever. Um, since, you know, 98, since the, the the NRL started, everybody's talking about Penrith and how well they're travelling and, you know, their winning streak and their, their defence. But Melbourne, in my opinion, still the benchmark of this competition. They should be able to get it over the likes of the Raiders. Their forward pack is going to be ripping in early. And as I said, the Raiders have chopped and changed so much this year. Ricky Stewart's going to have them fired up because they are, they are old rivals, these two clubs. But I just see no way where the Raiders can contain the storm and how much firepower they got from the likes of Hughes and Hines and the cheese out of dummy half for 80 minutes. And I've got the storm in this game by 18. 
All right, so I previewed it at the start of the podcast, but Sunday afternoon football could feature two absolute blockbusters. It all kicks off on Sunday, Arvo, from 2 p.m. at Apex Oval in Dubbo, where the South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Penrith Panthers, who, of course, are still undefeated. They're flying. They've got the biggest winning streak we've ever seen in a regular season in the NRL era. Um, they easily did the job against the Titans last week. They you know, did have a player advantage for the majority of that match, but there was no stopping Penrith. Nathan Cleary, the highest super coach score ever, Three tries, three try assist, looked outstanding. His kicking game was pinpoint, and Charlie Staines ended up scoring some great tries out there. Um, their whole squad stepping up each week. Fisher Harris has just gone to another level in 2021, and they are flying on all cylinders. They welcome back Kurt Capewell this week as well, Penrith. They're going to be very hard to stop. The Rabbitohs taking the game to Dubbo for their home match. Maybe that could give them a bit of an advantage, but they need anything they can get at the moment because... Um, you know, they welcome back a couple of big ins this week in the terms of Josh Mansell, but the big one, Latrell Mitchell, back from his four-week suspension. They're going to need him because, let me tell you, the last two weeks of the Rabbitohs have been very rough to watch, especially coming from this South Sydney fan after the 50-0 demolition job against Melbourne two weeks ago. They responded last week, the Rabbitohs, where I thought they, you know, they're going to put in this big 80-minute performance. They're going to come and really prove that they can still be contenders in this comp. And it was looking good early, uh, 20-6 to 6 at half-time, but they just had nothing in that second half against the Sharks. Their enthusiasm was down. Their defense just wasn't there. Um, it's a good thing they had Adam Reynolds back for that game because if they didn't, uh, they could have lost it, in my opinion. And um, guys like Damien Cook, he had a blinder. Um, Kaloma Tungy is really good as well. But, man, they... they they face such a tough ass this week, and I've been saying all year until a couple of weeks ago where they lost all their stars that if anyone's going to beat Penrith, um, you know, in this head-to-head season, that Seas would be their greatest test, and Seas could really take it to the sword. And it's just tough to see that happening now because they've still got so many out the the Rabbitohs. They've still got the likes of Graham and Murray who really leads this forward pack well, and they're still using makeshift. You know, outside backs, Brayden Burns is named in the centres this week. For me, he's one of the worst centres in the NRL. No offence to, you know, I'm, Burns, I'm sure he gives his all, but he's just, he isn't first grade standard at the moment. I'm sorry, it is the truth. Uh, the Rabbitohs need to be better across the park, and Benji back in the 14 jumper will help him because, uh, you know, you get the original spine combination back for the first time in a month in Latrell, Cook, and Reynolds and Walker in the halves, and then Benji can come in and his job gets a lot simpler. Instead of getting all the pressure on him, the 36-year-old, you just let him roam, play his natural game. You can put him in the middle um, forwards, the lock if you wanted to. You can bring him on as an extra half, um, but it just makes his job a lot simpler. Um, But I'd like to see a lot more commitment from the Rabbitohs forwards if there are any chance against Penrith because we all know what they're capable of. They're absolutely flying at the moment. Um, It seems like there's a different star every week for them, and uh, when guys like Brian Toho are having a quiet game against the Titans, you know that's how good they're traveling because Toho could have an absolute field day this week against the Rabbitohs' outside backs defenses. And I can see Penrith scoring a lot of tries out wide. It's just a matter of whether Seahawks can stick with them early because the Rabbitohs can stay with Penrith in the first 20 minutes considering how explosive Penrith are to start matches. Then we could get really into an arm wrestle and Seahawks can really show their premiership credentials because Wayne Bennett, you guys know, um, if you've watched rugby league for a long time, these are the situations he loves. He loves being an underdog. We're in a big game 
uh, situation and he's going to really have his team fired up and ready to go for this contest. But for me, Penrith just have a bit too much class for Skiffs. You look at their side, as I said, it's hard to spot a weakness. Both sides of their football, their defense was great. They led in a couple of tries late in that Gold Coast game, but uh, great defense when they need it and uh, their attack flying at all cylinders. Luai and Toe didn't even really get heavily involved last week and that's a danger, big danger side for Skiffs because they've been, you know, outstanding this season and I can just see it continuing here I've got the Panthers by 12 points but if the Rabbitohs can stay in this contest for a long period of time it'll really show you a lot about the heart and and soul of the South Sydney side and it will really dictate how far they can go um, in the finals this year because they don't need to win this game the Rabbitohs but they need a big performance um, to show that they can compete with sides like Penrith and Melbourne because as we saw in their two games against Melbourne this year they haven't been able to compete. So this is an absolute huge game for South Sydney, um, and I expect a bit of an ambush early. As I said, they can kind of put Penrith game off early. Um, they can really, really um, go go on with the job and, and make it a, a mouth-watering second half, but they need to start strong early Seahs, and, um, you know, Penrith are just going to have a bit too much firepower, in my opinion, for them. All right, which leads us to the final game of round 11 from 4.05 p.m. After that big blockbuster affair, we're going to get another one. Bankwest Stadium at Parramatta. The Parramatta Eels host the Manly Seagulls and Parramatta. They weren't fantastic in the second half last week against the Warriors, but they're flying on all cylinders in 2021. Mitchell Moses playing the best football I've seen him play in first grade, and Clint Gustin doing a great job. Jacob Arthur was a great uh, addition last year, uh, last weekend, uh, you know, in his debut game and scoring his first try. But for me, their forward pack has really been the reason for their success. Campbell Gillard getting some a deserving try last week. Marnie's been great, and his service from dummy half has been so crisp, and he could find himself in a Queensland jersey in a couple of weeks. And Pavalehi, Madison, these guys have been outstanding for him this year, in particular Pavalehi. And then you've got off the bench, um, you know, uh, Kafusi's been strong for him, but Bryce Cartwright really has been lighting the NRL world up. He's a, a big X factor off there on the bench, and they're versing a Manly Seagull side that they was, was a really good performance against the Broncos. As I said, I think the Sinbins inflated the score a little bit more, but I was really impressed by Manly's defense last week. Tommy Turbo, uh, he almost had a quiet game for his standards last week, but two tries, two try assists. Uh, the side looks infinitely better when he's on the park and Cherry Evans starting to get some really conf- a lot of confidence from his game. Lachlan Croke has been outstanding from dummy half and uh, the likes of Harper and Garrick and Jason Saab in particular. Corey Oates was no chance last week under those high balls against Saab. Saab was outstanding. Um, Kade Cust goes to 5-8 this week because of the injury to Kieran Foran that he suffered the broken hand. That won't keep him out of long term, but I think they just grow from strength to strength. Olatu and Schuster's been doing a great job in the forward pack. And Jake Tarunovic, when he's since his brothers came back, running the ball more freely. He's not trying to set stuff up. He's keeping his game nice and simple. And I love to see it from the big man. And, you know, coming into an origin season where he spots under a little bit of pressure at lock, it's great to see him playing some of his best football uh, for Manly. And uh, I, as I said, I, Kurt, even though Curtis Sirenen's not back this week like he was originally supposed to be, Manly are a huge chance in this game. And we know Parramatta, they've only lost one game this year against the Dragons. I believe that was in round four, I want to say, in the competition, um, or maybe round five, but it, uh, you know, they they are looking, going from strength to strength, they're flying with confidence at the moment, um, in front of their home crowd, they're going to be really hard to beat, but 
Manly with Tom Turovich. They only lost to Penrith by 10. I'm starting to believe this Manly side can do anything. I had them in the top eight at the start of the year, but they can really push for the top four, especially if they win this game. It's going to be a tight contest. I can kind of lean them towards either way at the moment, but, I mean, it's hard to tip against Parramatta because of how much, how well they're traveling at the moment. Um, I think this is going to be a game that can really go down to the wire, though, and um, when the game's on the line, I'm, I'm looking to people like Tom and, and Cherry Evans a bit more than I'm looking at someone like Moses, even though he's having such a great season. As I said, he seems to go missing in those big moments. So this is a big test for him, and this is Parramatta's biggest test in quite some time. They haven't played Penrith yet. Um, they've beaten the Storm this year, but if they can beat Manly with Tom Saroy written that side, that's going to you know even make him make him have more confidence, and they really go into one of the premiership favorites at the moment. I'm starting to believe in Parramatta this season. I'm also starting to believe in Manly, but I've got Parramatta just a little bit too strong in this game. I've got Parramatta by two, but really it's a toss of the coin this match. And um, I'd just like to see Manly be a little bit more independent without Tom Zorovic. I know that you know, he's going to be involved in everything they do because he is that sort of player, but, um, you know, he can't do everything. And one of these games, he's not going to get four tries this than two tries. He's just not going to be able to do it every single match. And Parramatta's defense has been good this year. Not great, but good. And I think they're going to step up with their big forward pack. Um, and, you know, they, they just got to... They just got to be careful, um, you know, from that Tom's Roy magic, the impact that he can have on the side. But I've got uh, Parramatta in this game by two points, as I said, though. Mouth order in contest to end the round. All right, so... Rant out of the way, footy tips out of the right way. I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast this week. Let's recap my footy tips now. It all starts on Thursday night. I've got the Cowboys defeating the Newcastle Knights. I've got both the West Tigers and the Dragons causing upsets against the Warriors and Cronulla, respectively. On the Super Saturday games, I've got the Titans being too strong for the Bulldogs, the Roosters being too strong for Brisbane, and Melbourne uh, being way too strong for the Canberra Raiders. The Sunday games, the two blockbusters of the week. I've got Penrith outgunning uh, a heroic South Sydney effort, and I've got Parramatta just uh, getting over the top of mainly Tom Tarojevic's, um, you know, mainly Seagulls side. So uh, there's, it's going to be a great weekend of football. Hopefully the rule changes, you know, after my big rant, they can get it a lot more consistent this week, and we can see some great football like we should have last week in Magic Round. Before we go, let's get to Steve's sure thing, Steve's sure thing of the week. And then my best bets, but Steve's sure thing of the week this week. If you want a, a bet that's a, that's a sure thing, 100% going to happen, um, don't kill me if it's not. Um, I don't want death threats. Uh, but in my opinion, I, the sure thing for me, surprisingly, is the West Tigers upsetting the New Zealand Warriors. I'm just loving the way the Tigers are, are playing. And am I crazy going the Tigers for a sure thing? Probably, but that's what I'm doing. They are my sure thing. They are also my bet of the week. If you want another bet of the week, though, I'll give you the moldy of the... Well, just bet on the Tigers head-to-head. I'll give you the moldy of the Dragons with the start against the Cronulla Sharks. It'll be close to the wire. Six and a half good start at $1.90. Put that in with uh, South Sydney... With the start also, um, 10.5, I said Penrith by 12, but I think it's a really tight line there. So, Souths with the uh, Dragons with the start, South Sydney with the start, that gives you $3.50. Um, gamble responsibly, those are my best bets of the week. Thank you guys for listening to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for another week. Hopefully, I can get that perfect round I've been chasing all season. And I'll see you guys next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Enjoy your weekend of footy.